0: You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about how to manage your instincts well so that your glow can be brighter this coming year or whenever you're listening. So I'm really excited about this episode. It's different from our balancing your instincts episodes, it's different from our subtypes episodes, and I'm really excited to show you the order, the rhythm, the flow that I think that will be most helpful in your marriage relationship as you try to work with your self-preserving, your sexual and your social instinct. And I'm so Excited that a book I got, which was such a great Christmas gift, Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens, was such a fun way to tie up the end of this episode because there was this fantastic quote and involvement with instincts. And I was so excited because I'm like preparing this episode and like, oh my gosh, there's such a blessing that came from me reading half the day on Christmas to just really enjoy this part of the book's teaching. So even if you're not a fiction reader, I'm certainly not normally a regular newer fiction reader, but Wes got me two books for Christmas that were in that genre, and I really just needed some introverting and some self-preserving time. So I really stole away with this book half the day while we were playing games. I would just be in and out of my book when it wasn't my turn because I my family is so, so social, which you might have heard my girl say last week on the show, like... I was very social seven until I had a social hubby and then three social kids that are, I mean, max out social types. So it was really good for me to take a little bit of time in my self-preserving and that's now where I lean because I'm always trying to pull for that. So if you're new to this podcast, you'll learn all about instincts if you take on some past episodes, but suffice it to say, I really wanna help you guys with balancing your instincts, but even more in this episode, helping you to find the order and the rhythm of those instincts in your life and in your marriage, because I want you to shine brighter individually and as a couple. And when I refer to your Enneagram glow, I'm saying I want you guys to shine out brighter in the world together. I want you guys to have a bigger impact. I want you to flow. I want you to have joy. And I know there's going to be hard time and laments. I'm sure we've all had some in this crazy 2021, but there's also times when I hope that you can say, gosh, I was shining. This year, I was just, I was really a star in my own right. And you know, there's a million stars in the sky. I don't mean that you were the star, but the, you did something beautiful this year. So don't forget with me, as we plug into this newer year, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening in the world, I want you to remember just in the past what you did, and, and how your impact made a change in the world for good. Even though you probably would say, Oh, gosh, it was so hard. I don't know if I could do that courageous thing I did again it's done. You did it. Good job. Pat yourself on the back before you move on. And I hope you also remember, I know you have regrets and laments about what you wish you could have done or just did with some of your time last year. And I hope you'll allow yourself to sit in that if you need to, if you need the space of a therapist or a coach, if you need to just have some time in your journal just for you to lament, make sure you do that too, because it's important that we take ourselves seriously and say, gosh, I want to have fun and I want to get self-care, but in that time, I want to make sure that I, I take some time to also just reflect and to make sure that I've looked back at what I wish I would have done so that I can both forgive myself, forgive others and move on and hopefully bring some of that with me into the future. So I think that's a really important thing. I look back at our podcast even from this past year and I feel really good about what we did and I feel really good about where we're moving ahead. I really do love that I had beautiful time with with editors and friends and uh, guests and my wonderful team at Reflections locally, just really spreading the word and sharing Hope with people this year. I just can't thank you enough for if you were on my show or if you were helping me to create my freebies or if you were helping me to create our planners, anything this year that you were part of, or just a listener who was enthusiastically shared with a friend or shared the joy you heard on this podcast with your family. I'm just so thankful because I want to pay it forward with you. And we're all doing it in our own ways, big and small. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you haven't placed a review this past year, please do at Apple Podcasts, and now at Spotify, you can also leave a review. Yay, so happy about that. But I also want to make sure that we move forward healthily together. So I'm super excited about today's episode and super passionate about our topic. So let's jump right in and talk about how we can find healthy rhythms for our instincts. So when I say that, What I'm really talking about is each of us has the self-preserving instinct, as you probably know by now. We also have the social instinct and we also have the sexual or one-to-one instinct. So whichever one you typically lead with, you obviously want to ultimately balance all of them. And that's why I say yes, you're going to be reminded of that on today's podcast. But what I also want to remind you of is that in my examination of couples over almost two decades, I can also see that there's a healthy rhythm that even I was putting my hands around before I knew Enneagram work. And that is that we have to get refreshed and rest first. If you've ever gone through my Relate and my Release books, which I wrote pre Enneagram days, you'll know that the first step in those books that are kind of basically mini treatment plans for my clients and anyone else who looks at the books on Amazon, I use the names Relate and Release as acronyms. And I always start, because this was what I learned in my work with all my clients, that you always start with a balance of your rest and your reuptake. Because you really need that if you're going to do any good marriage work. It's like the analogy of the cell phone battery that is dead and you're trying to solve problems or open big apps. And it's like, you know you can't open big apps when you're almost on red completely and you know that you can't really do any good dialoguing if your cell phone's at the end and it's glitching. And that's just how it is with your own battery as well, whether you're AC or DC. We had that study with physics. You know, you do have somewhat of a battery, whether you're charged all the time or not. So make sure that you are thinking about, hey, I have pretty good energy. I usually have it. Even if you're that type of person, you may be somebody, who's giving so much socially or one-to-one that even with all your energy, you're still depleted. So I want you to take a really good look at your replenishment first. And this is the self-preserving subtype or instinct. And so when people talk about I'm SP or I'm SX or I'm SO for social, it's important that they realize the order and the rhythm in marriage is that you first have to do your SP work even if you don't like it. And I'm going to remind you of something and do a pulled back recounting of this in a minute. But I want to help you to know at least that you, even if it's not as natural to you, you have to start here ultimately. And I'll give you some comfort if this isn't your natural bent. If you're like, oh no, SP is my least, it's my hardest. I'm going to comfort you with the, the cycle I'm going to talk about because it can still work. But in general, if we were, you know, if we weren't doing the whole, what comes first, the chicken or the egg. If we had a vacuum for a minute on our relationships, I want to tell you that you're going to start with SP because that self-preserving will help you to be able to survive at a very basic level it's kind of like abraham maslow's hierarchy of needs and if you don't have the safety and the food at the bottom of the chain there is no self-actualization so i want you to really take a reflection and take a a moment to do this work and if you look at my even my planner that we have coming out for january and you're probably listening to this already in the year of 2022. We really do focus for the entire month of January on finding your rhythms for self-care because like I said, whether you're reading one of my relationship books or any of my Enneagram tools, you're going to have to start there at some point because you're not going to be able to do bigger and better work later unless you have this basic level taken care of. And we are humans and we are fallible, and we are flawed. And even me who's been doing this work for 20 years, I can take one aspect of self-preserving and run in with it. And then I can totally forget another. So we have to take a bigger inventory of these as well as the small microscopic ones. So by that, I just mean, you might be so good at maybe you have a freezer in your garage, which Wes always says, we need to get one of those. That's such a good idea. We don't. But a lot of people I know in my friend circles with lots of kids have not only their home refrigerator, but also a freezer in their garage where they've really invested in extra frozen food. Maybe they're saving money, maybe they're preppers. I don't know. But what I do know is that doing good self-preserving work means saving money. It may mean saving food. It may mean really getting your rest at night. It may mean exercising. It may need mean going to the doctors and getting your blood work done after a long time. And we're talking self-care on this show in January, but I just wanna help you to understand that these are not optional things and they're gonna be a little bit different for everybody, but, but really, I don't want you to just take one angle of self-preserving. I want you to really see it as, how can I help myself to really have what I particularly need? And this year, we also talked about people with sensory needs. And even when I was saying how we played games as a family this weekend, but I was reading, that was me saying, we're really busy this season, like really busy. And I need some introverting time. So even if I'm with you guys, I'm going to be introverting a little bit. That's important that you tell your family what you're doing so they don't think you're just checked out. And that might be something that they have a claim on if you're always doing that and they're like, we're not busy at all and you're always checked out. So it's important that you look at this with some fairness and as much objectivity as you can and ask your spouse about it. Don't just say, what should I do? But talk to them about it. Be open to saying, what do you notice about me? Do you see anything in my life that could shift to help me do self-preserving better? And they might say, yeah, I noticed that you always binge these foods and then you're exhausted. Or they might say, I always notice that you overbook yourself. I know my type four daughter when she was about three years old and I was full on in my social seven and not doing much self-preserving. at all said, mom, I know you don't want to go to the coffee shop with your friend. I know you want to stay home. And it was so crazy because she was right. I did want to stay home. And I lied to her in the face and said, no, I want to go out because I thought at that time that would be better for me to be brave and social and, you know, that martyr of the social seven. And, you know later of course i told her gosh you know what you were right about that and i don't know how you knew but your intuition as a heart type you were spot on and i was just trying to do what i thought was right but really looking at that with your family they can give you a lot of insights even from a young age sometimes and not everyone's going to be a four and have that insight or a heart type but You've probably got some heart types in your family. So do ask people. And of course, if you sense a manipulation, then they need to do their work too. But even people who manipulate also have hearts. And so we don't want to be so dualistic that we're like, okay, you know what? You can be difficult sometimes, so I'm not going to hear any of your insights. In fact, what got Wes and I really into our best Enneagram work and my clients is that we realized a lot of what our spouse had been telling us all these years here, we were thinking it was maybe manipulative, was actually right. So let family speak into you as you're balancing out the self-preserving instinct. Then I want you to do the work and to start actually doing it, not just insight-based, but action-based and putting it on your calendar. And if you've got the Enneagram and Marriage Glow Relationship Planner, that's a great place to start. That's what I've got it going for. And you can write in exactly what you're doing to make sure you're in your self-preserving. Then I want you guys to not only put it on the calendar, but to start moving into the one to one region. So for instance, after yesterday's time at Christmas, when I was truly taking some time to just hone in and knowing we'd have a busier day today and onward, and that my husband's schedule was going to get even busier than mine, because I'm taking a tiny bit more time off for break. I was really cognizant of the fact that he needed to be loved too. So instead of just taking self-preserving time, now I move into, okay, I'm refreshed. I'm recharged. I feel good. I was able to give to him on a one-to-one level as well. And so that's a really important second step for anybody who wants to really feel that glow in their marriage is to say, I'm reuptaked. Now it's time to love and serve my partner. And that is something I've mentioned that elderly people from my first marriage church you know that church if you're if you've been married for a while with me and you've attended church you know sometimes there's a special place for the place you went to when you were married and there may be even some great mentors there and we had some amazing mentors Bill and Bertha Garfield and they told us don't be going to church on Sunday morning if you're not having good sex through the week and it was just like puke in your mouth kind of thing and I've said that on this podcast before but at the same time wow, look at me 20 plus years later saying, Bill and Bertha, whether for you one-to-one is sexual or not, because sometimes it isn't for certain couples. It might be that one-to-one is a date. It might be that one-to-one is time scratching each other's backs. I'm just saying the one-to-one time is so important. And if you're not doing that well, then socially it doesn't really work because your family's upset with you your spouse is upset with you and i don't mean give it all to that but i just mean balance and so that's something that this secondary instinct i used to think it was our perfect instinct and that's just you know goes to show you we're all growing in our enneagram work as my daughter said last week but really i used to think that secondary instinct which for me it is this sx one is fine, but oftentimes that's a blind spot for us too because we're like, oh, that one's fine and you hear that we often say that word with our secondary instinct. so make sure that you're looking at that second instinct and and I am actually being particular here I'm not just saying you your sequence so maybe you're you're a social and then you're self-preserving and then you're a sexual. So yes, look at your secondary, instinct whatever your sequence is that's fascinating to me that that I missed that and that that's important but I'm really saying now Second to first starting with self-preserving is if you're married, looking at the one-to-one. And even I would argue if you're in close community with people, look at the one-to-one because as you've heard me say more recently on this podcast and as my executive assistant Jen and I say a lot here is people over process because I could get so lost in my five zone that I'm researching and doing stuff and forgetting to make sure that we are serving any people that come our way before we're writing up big processes or plans and so that's important for you too is people first you've just replenished yourself who in your family or community needs a hug remember those four second start and stop behaviors when your spouse either comes home or when you have a minute together some people this year have told me when the spouse comes comes home, they need actually a few minutes themselves. They're not ready to run in. So nuance it the way you need to, but in general, I'm saying, make sure that you are making special times together and putting that on the calendar too, making sure that you really take time to say, I'm not going to be great at giving out unless my stabilization comes at not just my own mental health and physical health, but my family health. That's going to make such a big difference. So we've got this SP, then the XS, and then the social. So before you even get to social, if this was a what comes first scenario, you've already now realized that SP and SX Come first. And that is a very important insight for anybody who's really charged up with social because you're not going to be nailing it as much. You're not going to be as really on point for what you're giving out if behind the scenes, as how many countless couples I've worked with and even some have shared on this podcast, if your social giving is doing amazing and you're thriving, but now you've got a spouse packing up at home and ready to leave. So you can see the urgency in my voice because it's ridiculous if you don't balance it out. And I don't mean that cruelly. I mean, you just have to do it because it's part of the cycle of life and family and connection. And I think that we have such a beautiful and bigger impact when we do this well together And in our marriages, when we can glow out there together socially, it's usually the result of us taking those painstaking steps to talk this through, to communicate, and to, yes, often calendar it out. How are we going to do all this as good as we can? And you and I know sometimes we're not, we're going to mess up. It's going to be imbalanced. But are we trying? Are we doing it largely, that's going to make a huge difference. It doesn't make a difference if you're doing nothing. It's just going to be crap. And that's the way it's going to be. But if you're actually trying to exercise some health here, it's going to show forward. I mean, we just took the 14 kids I shared on Instagram skiing last weekend in Michigan, and it was a really crazy fun time. But Wes and I had to have some really good, in-depth, serious conversations about how we were going to do this. And we had to work some things through. And it was just like I said with our mystery dinner game, we had to work through issues as they came up for us to give well socially in both those scenarios. But there we were at the end of both of them saying, man, some blood, sweat and tears a little bit here to get us here. But we got here and we brought a lot of joy to a lot of people. And it was good, clean, fun. And that's the thing we do best together because I'm a little more sarcastic and a little more dark humor than him. And he's a little more social and he's a little bit more to the letter than me. But when we put our heads together, we're like, we love kids and we love laughter and we love couples. And so we were able to put two big things together at the end of the year because we had our instincts lined up and and we had to work to get there. And you know I could give you a lot of failed examples over the years. And I think I do that on this show pretty well to tell you we're not perfect and we've made some major mistakes. So don't feel bad if you're like, we're not doing that because yours is going to look totally different. And that's why I took time to make the glow guides because I know there's pairing guides all over the internet probably. I tried not to look at those actually when I made these but my point is I remember reading some of them before but what I really tried to make different here and I'm thankful for Elena Pompa and Michael Shahan really walking that through with me is where is your particular pairing strong? Our instinctual pairings and our triads make a difference too in terms of one heart type, one head type together. Looks very different from one heart type and one body type or two body types. But suffice it to say, we're all learning as we grow, as we glow, and your impact is going to be so much bigger together once you realize just how you guys move through the world with your best balance and not only your best balance of instincts and all that, but now your best flow with this new rhythm of self-preserving and then the one-to-one and then giving out socially. So, like I said, so fun to see the differences of how we used to do this clumsily in our early years of marriage. Sometimes we would do it well, of course, but then to be like, we're getting better at this or we're just even isolated instances are exciting to see where you're like, we still struggle, but look what we did together. And that's once again, us saying, let's look at the past and see what happened well. Let's see what we can always learn from every Season every time, even from our game and from our time taking the 14 kids skiing, we actually learned something there too. We said the skiing would be a one and done, and it really was true because out of those 14, eight of them liked skiing, six of them really didn't like it. And so we said that was a life dream we wanted to do with these kids, but we would never do it again, knowing a lot of our nieces and nephews didn't like that. And also, Wes told me he didn't really like skiing, which I didn't know because that's Really, my favorite sport, but I just never get to do it down here in Florida. And so he's like, no, I only do that for you. And so now I've got these kids that we've taken, these teenagers, some of them who adore it. So when I go up north, I can grab my kids who most of them liked it. And then my, a couple of my nieces and nephews and just have a one night time where we go out and maybe some of them snowboard, some of them ski. But now I've learned from my marriage that that's not really something Wes wants to do with us very often. He was in the group of everybody was fine and everyone was safe, but I'm just glad I survived. And he likes other things that are adventurous so I think that it's fun that you can say here's where we shine together here's where we might shine a little bit differently apart and then here's what we're learning about the projects that we take on together as well socially so that you can say I'm good at this you're good at this Let's see what we're both good at together, but let's also not be afraid to split up different roles so that we can honor the uniqueness of each of our gifts too. And that may sound like a very small task, but it's actually not. It's a it's a task that you need to take a lot of pausing and deep breaths. Because as humans, we get sometimes that sensation of just frustration when our spouse isn't feeling and thinking and acting in the exact same ways we would hope or expect. So that's something I want you to be mindful of as you're trying these pieces out together is it's going to be awkward at first. And especially if you're listening to this podcast and your spouse isn't, it's going to be super awkward for them to be like, you're shifting in all these ways and I'm not coming with you. And you can't just expect to have your spouse on board right away. In fact, I heard from Dr. Daniel Amon's Instagram this week and I was really touched by it. He's a really gifted psychiatrist who does some holistic medicine and integrative medicine as well. And many of you probably know that he does. he's famous for his brain scans and he's been around for So long. And he said his father really didn't even like his field at all at first. So imagine your spouse just does not like what you're doing at all. But over time, and with love and compassion, he met his dad where he was. And he talked about what he liked of his dad and what his dad was doing well. And he shaped a new healthy behavior because of that. And now his dad's one of his best referrals. And you don't treat people like rats where you're like, you're my lab rat and I'm going to shape a new behavior. But you do really say, Gosh, people learn from encouragement and positivity, not from me being cruel or aggressive or critical of them, but from pausing, from reflecting back kind things, from looking at them at their best, giving them the benefit of the doubt, giving them grace, the same grace I would want with my own availability bias, also called the fundamental attribution error. So whatever you're doing to give yourself the first kind of credit or, okay, I've given myself grace make sure you give that to your spouse as you're trying to figure this rhythm out as well for them. And then I really want to echo one more thing about this pattern that I found for the instinctual work. I want to say that although I understand that I've given you a specific pattern, we are not just born in a vacuum. So when I say that our relationships are not born in a vacuum, nor are we, what I'm really trying to tell you is, you didn't just start this second. You didn't just say, okay, now I exist. I'm going to start my self-preserving. Then I'm going to start my one-to-one and then I'm going to start my social. And if I don't go in that exact order, then I, I messed up. I don't want you to get so OCD about it that that happens to you. But I do want you to just stop and look at yourself. Imagine that those three are a circle. And I'm looking at my ring light right now. Luckily, it's not turned on (laughs) because that would be kind of creepy because I am not even recording this video wise, but I'm looking at that circle right now and I'm thinking about the self-preserving as just maybe put that someplace on the circle since it's a continuum in your mind's eye. If you just visualize the circle, then put the a third of the way across the circle. Think of that being the sexual instinct that you need to make sure you attend to. And then lastly, for that last third, you can just, and you can even do this visually if you want to write it down instead of just picture it like me, say, okay, there's the social. So ask yourself, where are you right now? In your day's cycle, where are you? Are you Right now in a self-preserving mode, you're like, hey, I'm listening to this podcast. I'm learning. I like to have some quiet time of learning. Are you multitasking? Are you kind of hanging into three things? If you are, come back to me for a minute here. This is an important part of the podcast. Make sure that you just take a look at where you're at in this cycle of instincts. And I want you to really ask yourself, what's next to make this healthy, to make me healthy, to make us healthy? And if it's, man, I've been serving, but I'm so lopsided for that social right now. I am just out and I am exhausted. I'm just taking inventory. You're going to you know, need to say, okay, next is self-preserving. And then from there, how can I make sure my marriage and my family are doing well so that our glow could potentially be brighter? And then lastly, like I said, Really going in socially and doing great things for others, but also analyzing what went well, what's going well, what needs to be tweaked. And then you'll find insights just like I did and continue to do about your marriage so that your impact can be greater. And hopefully you'll have so much success because your particular glow is really shining brightly out there in the world too. So that is my homework for you, is really at the end of this year, if you're listening at the end of 2021 or whenever you're listening in the future in 2022 and beyond just make sure that you take that space and that inventory to ask yourself are your instincts headed in the right direction are you making sure that your rhythm is there wherever you're at on that continuum maybe you're great at the sexual the one-to-one and you just you guys are in sync but you're like we need to give out and share more or maybe you're sharing so much that you're not self-preserving or maybe you're doing the social and the self-preserving but you know what you guys don't connect I see a lot of five nine couples like that so make sure whatever your pairing is that you guys talk it out and try to be honest and, and kind and we use this term a lot this year curious versus condemning so that's my goal for you is for you to do that I hope it's your goal for you if it's not no worries I don't want to have the goal for you but I hope it's yours too. And if it is, continue to stick around here because we're going to be sharing a lot more, but I'm just in gratitude with you for taking some time out on the instincts. And I haven't forgotten, I want to read the wonderful quote from Where the Crawdads Sing. And in this quote, Delia Owens really helps us to remember that maybe we're not very balanced yet. And that that's okay, because we're doing our work, and we're going to get there. And she talks about it from such an instinctual level. And I don't know if she knows Enneagram, but she talks a lot about instincts of humans in the book and why some of us um, leave and mess up in big ways, because we're, we're trying to survive in our own ways. But she says, In Where the Crawdads Sing, Kaya teaches us that we can do more than we think we can, that yes, we may long to be in a group, but we can find unbelievable strength deep inside to survive, even thrive when we are alone. And when we are whole, we are more likely to find a group again. So I'm so glad that She talks, goes on to say, Hey, I love connecting with my readers. And that's how I feel about this podcast audience um, because we get to be community together. But she also says, You know, if you're not whole individually, then it's harder to connect in a group. So don't give up if you want to enjoy groups more. Don't give up. Just do your work. Look back, reflect, lament as needed, celebrate, spend time in gratitude, spend time edifying each other and your family so that you guys have something to give out again and you have a safe base together. So it's, it's not a fake base, but it's a safe base. And it's a good base because you've cared about each other and listened. And now you can lean out into the world with more authenticity. I think it's going to be such a greater and more glorious time in your glow when you do this with that authenticity and intentionality that I always talk about in my weekly newsletter. So I hope you're doing that. I love living life intentionally with you guys. Please grab my freebies over at marriage.com Please leave a podcast review. And if you want to go full out with me this coming year, make sure you grab your Enneagram and Marriage Glow Relationship Planner. I also have a special code for you right now, Holiday Glow. And that will actually give you a sale price of the planner as well as the extra glow guide for that as well. So you can pass the love on and pay it forward to a friend and say, I got you guys this glow guide or just get one for you guys. But I just really hope that you guys have a wonderful time, whether you're out there still holidaying it up or whether you're listening later. I hope you really enjoy putting on this instinctual rhythm and finding your flow and your glow together. I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.